I'm four days out from this breakup. And right now I'm like, I'm going to be a hero and I'm going to have a healthy breakup. And I'm, I'm going to record do everything a podcast right. about I'm this. I'm feeling so good about this. I'm going to record a podcast and I'm going to have accountability because everybody's going to hear this. Right. And like, who knows, right? Like it's, it's a roller coaster and it may feel okay now. And then maybe in a few days I'll be like drunk texting this person at three in the morning. <laughs> This is Frisky North of 60. We bring you stories about love and dating in the North. I'm Karen McCall. And I'm Mark Kelly. We're coming to you from Whitehorse, Yukon, where dating and looking for love can be long and lonely, just like our winters. Or hot and steamy, just like that tropical vacation you never got to take. Before we get into this episode, just a quick note. I'm going to throw Mark under the bus here. He had his microphone on the wrong setting when we recorded this, so if I sometimes sound like I'm in an echo chamber, that's why. I tried to edit this out as best as possible, but you may still notice it, so sorry about that. (laughs) Did you get the box of Kleenex yet? So, Mark. Hi, Karen. In episode one, we talked about how the length of our podcast season might depend on the status of our relationships. (laughs) Has something changed? Turns out I have more time for podcasting now. Oh. I've gone through a breakup. Okay. Before you turn off your radios, not that you listen to podcasts on radios, um, I'm not going to cry into Mark's shoulder on this episode. What I wanted to do is kind of share my exploration into how to have a healthy breakup, quote unquote, healthy breakup. Right. I feel like I don't have a great track record for breakups. Who um, does until one sticks? This is it Dan Savage that says that they all, they, all, they all end poorly until one doesn't? Oh, no, I don't mean – I just mean like the actual breakups I've gone through I don't think were at, like handled as well as they could Oh, I see what you're saying. So I feel like the way this relationship ended is given me an opportunity to be like, okay, let's think about this a bit analytically and like what steps do I need to take in order to heal – rather than just muddling my way through it. Roger that. Gotcha. So, of course, I consulted Dr. Google. Mm -hmm. Which is what everybody does nowadays. All the kids are doing it. Yeah, and it's clearly not like scientifically proven research on many of the sources I've found. But what I've done is I have found tips that resonate with me based on my past experiences. Okay, cool. Let's hear them. So one of the ones, the first one that I have found is to cut off all contact. And meaning like texts, phone calls. um. Yeah. So I deleted message threads so that I couldn't like, this is sort of another thing, but so I couldn't go back through the message thread and be like, oh, but that was so sweet. And like, did he really mean that? Does this fit with the overthinking theme that sometimes happens for you? I don't think so. I think it fits with like some sort of having trouble letting go theme. Uh, All right. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 It's like mementos, like a box of mementos, but now they're digital. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't want to say like, get out of my life. I never want to talk to you again. I want to say like, hey, I need time to heal. And I think for me personally, the best way to do that is to have space and no contact. And then, you know, everybody in theory wants to be friends with their ex at some point, And that's how I feel. But I know that will just take time. That makes sense. Yeah, I put some space between what happened. And are we allowed to know how long it's been? Four days. Oh, so this is fresh. Fresh. Okay. All right. Well, we'll tread lightly. (laughs) We'll tread lightly. I will say some of the messier breakups I've had in the past have been either whichever side of the breakup I was on, 
I like the contact was not cut off and there was a lot of gray area and I it just delayed the healing process it and it created a lot more turmoil I think for both of us and maybe you've had a different experience with that well that makes me think of boundary setting and that's a that's a skill that transcends breakups how how do we say what we need and how do we say um what we're willing to accept and not accept right that's a that's a difficult challenge constantly for folks yeah so boundary setting is a is a hard thing but like any skill you got to practice it so maybe you start with a breakup like a break of time and a break of yeah and is it possible to set a boundary around how long you take to before you would be able to talk to him again? Is that something that you could do? Uh, I think that'll just depend on the healing process. And when I look past at like past relationships of varying lengths, like actually the healing time hasn't for me necessarily been equivalent to the length of the relationship. One of my biggest heartbreaks was I was 29 years old and I dated someone for three months and uh, he broke up with me and I was devastated. But it was, you know, it's always more complicated than just he broke up with me. I was 29. And in my 29 year old brain, I thought, I'm going to be 30 and single, and I'm never going to meet anybody again. <laughs> and that was just like, yeah, it'll never happen for me thing. Yeah. Oh, well, so 29 is what, like, eight months ago? Uh, yeah, <laughs> roughly. At this point in the recording, we were interrupted by some folks outside the podcasting studio, so we lost our train of thought about how long it takes to get over a relationship and boundaries, but we do kind of come back to both those things later in the episode. Okay, so the next thing that Google told me, Mark, you're going to maybe cringe about this one, is to uh, have self-compassion. Oh, I'm not going to cringe about that. Cutting yourself slack, it makes great sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been acknowledging in my brain, like, I'm going through a painful process. It's okay. So are a lot of other people. Even if you were the only person on the planet, it would still be okay. Yeah. You know, that takes a while to get to. Like, when when I broke up uh, my my long term with my marriage, um, I had a really hard time actually cutting myself some slack. And you know what I did is I grocery listed things. Like, I would just be like, oh, get a mountain bike. Go back to skiing. Uh, throwing yourself into work. Like I just started doing things. And it wasn't until about probably, well, it was a long, slow um, breakup, but like about a year, maybe a year and a half later, I had a couple of like, you didn't face this moments. Mm. And I was just a mess. Like I was on the couch, naughty, (laughs) doom scrolling TikTok probably, but also like just not, just not feeling, not allowing myself to feel. And then I had this moment where I was like, "Hmm, Mark, you didn't let yourself do that. And now you're facing it like you're now, you're a hot mess and you aren't able to function. You're not, you're not getting your work done. You're not being a great parent. You're not actually riding that $7,000 mountain bike you bought. Like you're you're just existing. You're kind of escaping or ig- ignoring or trying to put those thoughts aside but without ever having to acknowledge, having yeah. acknowledge them. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it felt... It felt at the time when I was going through the, the, the breakup that on the list of things to do, uh, you know, get groceries, make sure you get lettuce, get gas, sign the separation agreement, get milk. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. And then I didn't, this is, this is of course my, my hindsight brain, right? This is not my, not my time at the time. But so, so there I am on the, I have a blue velvet couch. It's really sweet. Yeah. It was one of the self-care things I did. I went and bought a new couch and I, I went into the brick and I was like, 
I need a couch. The guy's like, we, all, we don't have anything in this warehouse. We have to look at it online. What do you have in the breakup department? Yeah, like, right. Right. I need I need a midlife crisis couch. <laughs> and so, so they take you to the most expensive couches. He's like, this dude's got a wallet. And uh, and he puts up on these on the screen. And I'm like, blue velvet, sold. I don't even care if it's comfortable. And anyways, I was lying on the blue velvet couch. And I'm, and I'm a mess. And it dawned on me, Mark, you, you put this stuff in the back closet. Right? You are getting milk and and eggs and a separation agreement, all on the same grocery list. So how did you then start to deal with it? I drank. <laughs> no, I totally didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> what I did was I got off the cast. I literally, in that moment when that realization hit me, I sat up. So I got off. I closed off the TikTok and I sat up and I and I uh, and I got I got to work. And so I. I called some friends. I surrounded myself with some friends. I had been doing that, but there was this moment. You know, here we're in the north, right? And that was in the like the shoulder season. So I don't I think everybody knows what that means. Shoulder season, yeah. There's not as much to do. It's cold. It's gray. It's yeah. kind of a depressing time of year. It's like the like darkness November, is setting in. Yeah, yeah, it's like the end of October, early November. The first skiff of snow has come. Not enough to fat bike, but not enough to ski, and you still can't ride your mountain bike. Like it's the time where you're like, you you know, you're canning fruit or something. <laughs> yeah, and so I did. I started. I started calling up some buddies, and um, and we went and did a few things that we could do. I think we went for a hike, and I, I'm an outdoor pursuits person so like i that's what i do to cope i go outside so i did that and then and i set some boundaries around what i wanted to do in my breakup and i had been seeing somebody and i started to set some boundaries there and well look at this i am able to talk about it without crying okay what else is on that list because i'll tell you if i did it or not well yeah one of them is is to is like self-care which like you said you bought a couch you Surrounded yourself with friends. Got a haircut, took a shower. Oh my gosh. Actually one of the one of the tips I saw on one of the websites is don't get a breakup haircut. Oh no. <laughs> well that would assume you have hair. And in my case, every haircut's the same. Well the funny thing is that I got a haircut that I don't love a couple months ago. And so actually as we were breaking up, I'm like, it's because of my haircut, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I hope you asked that question. You know what? I know I did. Okay. No, <laughs> yes, you did know you what? really? That's one, brilliant. One thing I appreciate about myself is that even when my heart is getting broken, I can still have a sense of humor. <laughs> you can still laugh. I mean, I, I don't think I laughed, but but I had a sense of humor. Yeah, you were able to joke around a bit. Mm, yeah. Well, so. you are funny. Looks aren't oh. everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what we? I guess we touched on this like earlier with the cutting off contact, but. Um, one of the things I'm also trying to do is just not dwell on the woulda, coulda, shouldas or like the happy memories or like the dreams. You said before something about playing the tape forward in a relationship. I play the tape forward right. for sure. Um, so I'm not thinking, but but I wanted to do this or whatever. I'm just like, okay, this is my new existence and I'm accepting of it. You wanted to do this with him. So you still want to do the, this probably whatever the this is i mm-hmm. want to i want a heli ski in haynes or something and and you vision it with him can you vision yourself heli skiing with anybody well let's talk about that because um this comes up all the time in this podcast and in fact in this podcast we episode a lot of really strong amazing women 
And I have a lot of strong, amazing women in my life, really good friends, and uh, we do stuff together all the time. And this also came up in season one where I came, I got to this realization that I don't need a partner. I, I have a really good group of friends, so right. it's great to have one, but I don't depend on them for the things I want to do. So I'm lucky in that way that I've gotten to this place. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, a person I broke up with not long ago uh, or broke up with me actually, or I don't know, whatever. There's a mutual departure. It doesn't, doesn't really, it doesn't really. It's great. Yeah. Did it. It doesn't no, matter. it really doesn't. No, we aren't together. But, um, said to me, um, everybody wants a strong, independent person until they have one, <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit cynical, but also fairly accurate. Uh, you know, and I think that actually is the most attractive thing about somebody. There's this like uh, tenant that uh, I, I learned about one time, you know, like Roman Roman buildings, and they all have columns that hold up the roof. And you can't have a column of one to hold up a roof. And usually on that roof, there's lots of beautiful artwork, a carving of something. Right? Um, it's beautiful. But if you take away a column, what happens? It all collapses. Well, that that artwork is kind of the relationship, right? But the columns are beautiful. Have you ever been to Greece? I have not. Oh, my God. That, that was the part that I found most interesting was that, the engineering and the carving of those. They're, they're spectacular, and they're individual. They're never they're not two the same. They look the same, but they're not the same. And so I just really believe that. I think that you got to be able to stand on your own before you can put something on the roof, you know, before you can actually build something with the other column. So, Wait, is the other column the other person? Yeah, the other person, yeah. Oh, more, okay. than one, more than one column oh, okay. creates this piece of artwork, you know, like it's a thing you've created together. And then... You know, you can do it again and again and again. Artists make things all the time. Maybe this is a really weak metaphor, but like, <laughs> but I remember thinking it uh, at the time. When it made I was, sense to you. It made sense. It, yeah, it resonated for me. And that's the thing with a breakup. Like, there's stuff that will resonate and things that won't resonate. Mm-hmm. So, what else resonated for you? Uh, well, one thing that I read was not to expect closure from the other person. And again, you might disagree with me, but. In a previous relationship, I struggled with some feelings of resentment, I think, for longer than which was maybe necessary because I felt like I wanted an action from that person in the way that it was actually like, I guess I wanted an apology for how I was treated in that relationship. And finally, it was like a light went off that I realized if I'm basing my happiness on waiting for this person to take this action, it's never going to happen. So what I ended up doing was forgiving myself for staying in this unhappy relationship and for putting myself through this turmoil, like for like longer than was necessary. And that was very empowering to be like, wow, I'm in charge of this, not this other person. Well, that's really interesting you bring that up because you said just in the last piece of this that you were an independent, strong woman, yet you were relying on this other person. So did that add to the, when you did that, when you had that realization that you don't need this other person to get the closure you wanted, did that add to your independence and strength? I don't know. I just know that I'm trying to take my past relationship experiences and past breakup experiences and learn from them. And I guess grow and whatever. Try to do all the things grow and right. Whatever. Grow and whatever. <laughs> whatever I don't man. know. Like <laughs> try to do things better the next time. Sure, we're on a one-way path, aren't we? Like we really are. Like and we only just collect experiences. And and so you could, you know, make this an experience you put in the trunk and it's something you lug with you for the rest of your life. Or you could, you know, it's something that happened and you 
got what you needed from that relationship, it came to its natural end as it was going to. And let's, we said I was, I'm four days out from this breakup. Mm. And right now I'm like, I'm going to be a hero and I'm going to have a healthy breakup and I'm, I'm going to do everything right. I'm feeling so good about this. I'm going to record a podcast and I'm going to have accountability because everybody's going to hear this. Right. And like, who knows, right? Like it's, it's a roller coaster and some, um, it may feel okay now. And then maybe in a few days I'll be like drunk texting this person at three in the morning. <laughs> oh, please, please blind carbon me if you do that. I, what is that? Blind? Like, like, well, like make sure you like CC me somehow. Find a way. I want to see this, the, the, the drunk texting. Yeah. Or drunk text me first. But, That's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I, I feel like I have an opportunity in the way this relationship ended and the way the relationship was. It was a happy, healthy relationship. And the breakup itself is... I don't think it can ever be a good breakup, but I feel like I'm presented with an opportunity that I haven't had in past relationships that have just been a bit more traumatic at the end. And so. Yeah. So this maybe is, that is exactly what it needs to be seen as an opportunity that you can gain some new skill. Mm -hmm. You can do something different. You have a, you have a chance. I mean, I suppose the subtext to all this is like someday I'd hope to never have to do this again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like with every breakup, there's a bit more baggage and it does make me a bit worried that I'll be kind of nervous about going into relationships, like worried about future heartbreak. And that quote about uh, it's better to have loved than lost than never have loved again. But it goes through my head and I'm just like, fuck, who said that? It's That's bullshit. Like the worst. <laughs> it's a song written in like, you know, some song workshop somewhere. <laughs> you know, I, I can hear Frank Sinatra going, damn, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, I think, yeah, breakups are hard, but I know that the pain doesn't last forever. And, and I guess I should say that one of the reasons I wanted to share this episode as well and be a little bit vulnerable is because nobody is doing well right now. Like it's COVID. I've talked to so many people in the last few weeks who were like, in some form of depression, maybe not like clinically depressed, but like depressed from their normal levels. And, and people are also going through breakups and it can be a very lonely experience and you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. We are listening. <laughs> it's right. We're not supposed to be mingling because of the pandemic, but I also think it's the, the light is starting to come back, but we've have some other new factors that have, uh, I think are, are causing folks a bit more grief. Uh, the fact that we don't change our clocks, so it's dark a lot, what feels a lot longer. In the morning. In the morning, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we are isolated from each other. We're told we're not supposed to hang out with more. What is it right now? I don't know. I can't even. I don't know. I just like, I can't see anybody. That's how I feel. Yeah. My swim class was canceled. That was, yeah. Oh, man. Right? Like all that stuff mm -hmm. sucks rocks. And but thank God, like you said, we're outdoorsy people. We yeah. can go outside and recreate, and that is a lifesaver. And that is a part of living in the north that I think has been it, well, it has always been the best part of living in the north. We don't come here for the architecture, let's put it that way. <laughs> we just do not. <laughs> we have a collection of boxes that that we heat. <laughs> yeah, and not very and not very well. well. That. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think there's an opportunity here for growth, and that's that's actually a gift. Mark, I want to ask you, um, because, you know, as I'm going through this process, I'm like, okay, well, like, how long is it going to take? Is it going to take like one month? Is it going to take six months? Is it going to take a year? Like, I don't know. Like, what's what's the longest it's taken you, you think, to get over a relationship? Well, 
It all depends on the level of work I've put into it, I think. Like, so I went through a long, I was in a committed marriage for uh, a long time, 17 years. Well, together 17 years. And, uh, and so that, before that, my breakups were in the 90s. Yes, in the 90s. Some people might not even be born when I had my last breakup. <laughs> That's good. That means we're appealing to a younger audience. Well, that's right. Our demographic is widening. But the one I do have one that comes to my mind, and I was mentioning it to you earlier when we were prepping up for this, that um, my high school girlfriend, the one I went to prom with, yeah, we, we ended, I don't know if we ended poorly. We just ended abruptly, I think. And, uh, and I, I still think about her. We didn't, there's some vignettes that I sometimes bring out when I've had a couple of cocktails about things that had happened in our relationship that I never, I never sorted. Like she comes with me and has forever, I think. Uh, and when I'm sad, I do weird things. Well, maybe they're not that weird, but like I, I, I have definitely seen if I can find her. I don't have no idea what her last name is now, to be honest. It could be the same. It could be different. I don't know. Um, I can't find her, but I have gone looking to see, to send a hi. And I've had um, high school girlfriends send me notes. They're thinking of you, just wanted to say hi. That's all I wanted to do. Like That happened quite recently. That you wanted to say hi? Yeah, well, a, a girl I dated in grade, grade 10. And I say girl on purpose because... Because you were children. Because <laughs> we were kids. Well, do you think also part of that could be like, you remember it so fondly, and so you've sort of captured this moment in time that was really happy. That relationship, the one I'm referring to, the, where I sometimes think of her, was a roller coaster relationship. Mm-hmm. Largely because we weren't... Um, we weren't just we're adults yet, right? But I but I carry her with me because maybe because of the things that could have been or the things that didn't get then resolved, uh, the baggage, like the unfinished business of it all. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that one comes to my mind when someone asks me talk about a breakup. I also have, <laughs> I do have a drink in the face breakup. Ooh. Oh yeah, was that um, before you implemented the campsite rule? Um, uh, apparently, yeah. Or I didn't check in to see if I actually put the fire out. <laughs> I don't know, but I did get a drink in the face. That's a, yeah. This person uh, and I broke up. We came across each other again, maybe a year later or so. And she said, Hey, you want to go for dinner? I'm like, Yeah, you know what? That'd be great. I was thinking the whole like closure, right? And there's a moment, <laughs> I love it. There's this moment where she's got herself a fresh drink and um, she opens a compact, like, like a, a makeup, makeup, makeup compact, okay. and pulls out some lipstick. And she's talking to me about how much of an asshole I was. And she's putting the lipstick on. If you can see me now, I'm, pur- I'm pursing my lips and I'm like putting lipstick on. And and then she clo- snaps the, cl- like really dramatically snaps it closed, twists closed the, the, um, the lipstick and then reaches for a drink. I think she's going to take a drink and she's like, and fuck you. And slams, <laughs> throws it in my face, <laughs> storms out and left me with the bill. That is, um, I'm like, I kind of, I'm like cheering her on. Not, I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of am too. Like, it's like, it's right out of a movie. Like, I, I'm laughing because it is so dramatic and awesome. And she never spoke to me again. And I, and that, I wasn't an asshole. I was just, I wasn't, I didn't break up in the way she wanted to break up, I guess. And whatever. I could tell you the whole story about why we broke up. But like, at the end of the day, it wasn't going to work out. So mm-hmm. I called it off. Oh my God. Like, I wonder how much she dreamed of that moment and... Yeah, there was some premeditation there. She knew. Yeah. Yeah, she knew what she was going to do. Got a fresh drink. I mean, I don't... Like, I'm laughing at this with you, but, like, I actually don't... You know, it's not a very respectful 
it's not actually respectful at all. It was terrible what she did, but it was really funny. Don't do this to your exes. Unless you're writing a movie script, because it's perfect for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was... (laughs) I, I still I high five her for it. It was really great. I mean, I definitely and there you know everybody you can hear the needle across the record and all the heads turn and oh my god the people in the restaurant would have like they're still telling that story. It was packed. The I restaurant that wasn't was packed. Like in a place where you knew other people. Yeah, it was here in Whitehorse. Yeah, I was not going to make you reveal that detail. <laughs> it was here in Whitehorse. Oh, yeah, totally. Wow. Okay, okay the, somebody's going to call in and they're going to be like, I saw that. Oh, yeah. oh, so, no, honestly, if you did see that, please write me an email. I would uh, friskynorth60 at gmail.com. Send it. Because, uh, yeah, I want to I want to hear what your perspective was. <laughs> and what the look on your face was. And the look was. on my face. And how much water was dripping off the end of my nose. Oh, was it just water? Oh, uh, no, it, like, it wasn't water. But like how much? Uh, no, it wasn't whatever. water. Yeah, whatever. Whatever like liquid a, it was. It wasn't a – it was – in my mind, it was like it was like a Caesar, but I don't, think, I don't think it was. I think it was just like a gin and tonic or something. But. You're like licking your face. I'm totally. like, oh, that's pretty oh, good. Where's I'm the paying celery? for that. Might as well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is breakup rituals. Oh yeah. Do you have any? Well, I did. I had. I fell in love with this woman when I was working in um, when I was working in Vancouver. So this is before I moved to the north. Fell in love with her. We it was unrequited. Well, no, it wasn't unrequited. It became that, but it was uh, it was probably the hardest breakup of my life. And I went. It was a summer before I did my guiding program. I went to this program called Colt on Vancouver Island Canadian Outdoor Leadership Training. And one of the first things we do on that program is a canoe solo. And so I paddled down the lake, and uh, and so externalization is basically choosing an object of meaning, some kind of object of meaning, and spending some time with that object, and then sort of putting memories into that, like, like holding it. You're not really, I don't really talk to the object. In my case, it was a rock, but like, you know, talking to the rock, not doing that. I'm just holding it and rubbing it. And in the morning I just said goodbye and I threw the rock into the lake and I really was done. Like mm-hmm. now I'm telling it as a memory. I'm not telling it as a moment I'm suffering. I'm telling it as a memory. Uh, and so that was one of the things I have done since uh, a couple times. And, uh, and that, that was again, like years before my marriage. And uh, I haven't done it recently, uh, uh, largely because my ex-wife and I are still very much in each other's lives. We're raising a child together, and we have a great relationship, and I don't need to say goodbye to her. So that's, I would just be honest about that. She's a fabulous, fabulous human, and I'm grateful for her being in my life still. So it just our relationship changed. It didn't end. Uh, but, but in that case, with the externalization thing where I chucked the rock, I really did feel better. And what was really fascinating is when I, um, on that solo, the instructors go looking for you and they couldn't find me. Like he said, you went way beyond where you were supposed to go. You were probably 5k further than you were supposed to go. It took him quite a while to find me, but I found this gorgeous little beach and so it was fabulous. Anyways. And he said, but I came across you and you looked like you were just perfect. You were just in the right place. So I didn't bother. I didn't bother you. He sort of saw me with binoculars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then went back and That's he's amazing. like, yeah, it was a really good, it was a really good thing to do. And that sits with me in a really good place. It doesn't, um, I have no strong emotional reaction other than that. Yeah. I feel at peace with that. And I needed to, because I was suffering with her suffering. It was really hard. Yeah. That reminds me of here in the spring, the burning away, the winter blues mm-hmm. when you, yeah, you write something down and throw it in the fire and sort of this like physical manifestation of like, getting rid of these things it, yeah it seems like it is quite that's helpful exactly, that's exactly what that is that's it's an external large scale externalization where you bring your you bring your slip of paper or whatever it is you need to burn that's 
you know, that's not going to explode. And, uh, and you put it in this big bonfire. Yeah. And then you celebrate. It's a fabulous, it's quite pagan in that way, but it's, but the best possible way. Whatever helps, man. Oh, and, and it's, uh, you're surrounded by witness. Ah. Yeah. That makes it more powerful. Super powerful. A different breakup ritual. My friend said uh, she always buys new sheets when uh, when she breaks up with someone. I've heard that. Yeah. What does she do with the old ones? I don't know. I know. I should be like, uh, she probably has nice sheets and be like, hey, I'll take your sheets when you get rid of them. Or maybe they're all rags now. She just cuts oh, them all up. Maybe. And, maybe. Who yeah. knows? I, yeah. I haven't asked her what she does with the old sheets. I think she probably gives them away or throws them out or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Does she buy new sheets when she meets somebody new? Yeah. I don't know if, when the new sheet buying like if that's like right away. Yeah, because she gets rid of a pair, she buys a pair. Yeah, so she buys the sheets before she starts dating someone else. Also, that's good because they need to soften up a bit and stuff like that. For the eventual using of the sheets. Hopefully. Right. I want to touch on something else you mentioned, um, which would be a nice way to wrap up this episode, is um, with you and your ex-wife, how you said it wasn't the end of the relationship. It was just a change of the relationship. Yeah, that's right. And. This kind of comes full circle to what I said at the beginning about how, cutting this person out of my life. But like, I think the ideal situation is exactly what you said. It's not the end of the relationship. It's a change of the relationship. And that would be my goal with any breakup in theory is like, if you like this person enough to spend X amount of time with them, like it's pretty sad to eject them from your life. Altogether. Fully. Yeah. Can't imagine it. No, can't imagine it. Still, uh, She's still a confidant of mine, a close friend, someone I would, when I'm struggling with something I can call and talk to, I I know the code to her front door, I can come by and hang out and have a beer, I keep beer in her fridge, um, I keep, you know, so it's just one of those things where like she's an important and will always be a very important person to me. She's also my son's mom. And so uh, I have to maintain that level of relationship with her because it's important to um, to my kid. Really important to my son. So happy note at the end is what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't – I think we can go with that whole idea that this is a shift of relationship, not the end of it. And that's why I'm, I'm so uh, – such a strong proponent with finding new boundaries, new ways to have that person in your life. If you have enough of a love for that person to share a bed and, you know, spend some beautiful time together and be vulnerable and they see you at your best and at your worst. Why, why do we have to shut that down? Well, usually it's because we feel pain and we hate that feeling, but we don't have to stay in that pain. And if you shut it down just abruptly, then the pain doesn't ever go away. It just fades a bit. But so I think that's, that's my biggest thing is I've learned in this breakup that I need to, I need to make sure that I spend time maintaining the friendship with this person that I loved for so long. Find a new way to love her. And that is what I will aim for as well. Thanks so much for talking this out. Our next episode, I'll be crying on your shoulder and we'll go through that. Process. <laughs> no. We should say we have pre-recorded a handful of these these uh, episodes and some of them Karen may still refer to being hooked up. So don't think that she's – it's not a revolving door on the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think it was just the first episode. That's the only part where I talked about is that right? dating someone. Yeah. Our next episode next week is with Pavlina Sudrich, and that's a great one. So you'll want to listen into that. It's awesome. Thanks, everyone. Stay frisky. Yeah, stay frisky, folks. This episode was recorded in and around Whitehorse, Yukon. 
Sometimes we use the podcast studio at UConstruct. And sometimes I record in my closet. Our music is by Anthony Vega, Sexy Time. Thanks for listening in. We would love to hear from you with story ideas or feedback. Get in touch through Facebook, the Twitter, or email us at friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthof with the number 60 at gmail.com. We'd also love to get a rating, preferably four stars or above, from whatever podcast app you are using. Thanks very much, everybody. Stay frisky. Stay frisky. Stay frisky.